You do the episode. I will go look at these pictures of your daughter's birthday party. <laughs> you don't. You don't need to look at them at all. All right, I won't then. But happy birthday to her here on the show. I will tell her. Yeah. Well, yeah, because she. I don't think she knows who I am, and it doesn't matter if she does. She knows. She knows Tim. When I say Tim, she's like that dude you record with, and I'm like, yep, dude, really? So, yeah. Okay. Well, maybe right. she says guy. She probably says guy, guy really, dude. Yeah. Guy Dude. You know that there's a musician named Guy Man Dude? You can look it up. Not right now, but type that in. <laughs> he has at least one album. Okay. And it's like, this is, is it... from the 80s, so not all the names were taken yet. So that's weird that that's what, <laughs> that's what he said. Like in the 90s, I would have believed, yeah, that's what you got. But like, there's still names <laughs> that's what in the you're 80s. left with. Hmm. Hey everyone ever, and welcome to 20th Century Popcast, the show where we try to understand the present while living in the past. My name is Tim Blevins. And I am Bob Canning. Right? That was a little fast on my part. I'm sorry. I feel like I you jumped in. You went fast now. That was no? well-timed. Well, I, Perfectly okay. paced. I felt like it was a little forward because we've got, we've got a big show today. Huh? Oh, it's a big one, huh? Yeah, big one. You know what I wanted to do, actually, to, to start this? I, I was thinking I, I was thinking what we could have done is that you could have said the, hi, hey, my name is Tim Blevins part, you know, and I could have said the, my name is Bob Canning part, like a, like a body switch, because those were yeah, those that were was a movies. They were. I guess, I yeah. mean, this one's not really a body switch movie. This one, is I it? think it's lumped into, the movie Big gets lumped into body switch movies because mm-hmm. of... The general concept, Did and you see because a lot of, of the era, the, uh, what, the um, late eighties. That was the era. Well, yeah, the like the year that three about three or four body switch movies came out. I That's saw the true. one with um, Fred Savage and Judge Reinhold. I think That's they were the vice ones. versa. I believe vice versa. I've seen parts of, but not much of. Uh, I think was it Dudley Moore and Kirk Cameron. It's like Father Like Son. That's the one I saw the most. I, I really liked okay. that one. I remember oh, thinking, "Good job." Again. Yeah, that's the that's an awful. I've seen awful, that one a uh, lot. Parker Lewis and uh, George Burns movie. You've seen that one George a lot. Burns. I did. Well, back then I saw that one like five or six times. Because you were a big George Burns fan, or you knew that you didn't have Be- many movies left in them. Because because it was the summer I was being babysat by the woman that would let us watch Cinemax. I see what you've mentioned on the show. The show, by the <laughs> yes. way, I don't know if we did this properly. Welcome to the show. I, welcome. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for, for, for listening. Bob, you're back, hopefully feeling healthy. I'm here yeah. feeling kind of healthy. I've been a little ill. There's a lot going around, but people don't tune in to hear about that. But welcome to the show. It's... it's, it's um, yeah, it's it's we're, we're, it's a retro shock episode, right? Is that what is okay? We're yes. kind of jumping into this. I, this I'm is, stumbling a it's little. It's a retro shock. No, it's good. It's retro shock. Uh, for anyone that hasn't listened to one of our retro shock episodes before, we are going to talk about our memories of a particular thing. This episode, it's the movie Big. The movie Big. Um, and then uh, we're gonna just kind of briefly kind of reminisce, and then we're gonna go and watch it, and then see if our memories are intact if if we come away feeling the same way about the movie Big. The movie Big. That was good. I don't know why I'm repeating it after you. I felt I, – I, the second time I did it so that I could acknowledge that, I don't know why I did it the first time. I'm sorry. You said Big. You were doing really well. And I think I was like, I'm not saying anything. So I jumped in and, and repeated what you said. You got to get I guess in that's, there. We got to share the air. Well, it's not like we won't. I, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed because I think this is at the heart of like a lot of – you know, like morning talk shows, there's a lot of that. And now I'm embarrassed that I just did it. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We can get over it. I'm sure we can. All right. Yeah? Yes. Maybe by talking about Big. The movie Big. big. The movie Big. Uh, It was a 1988 summer release. Did you see see this one in the theater? Did you see Big in the actual movie theater? I have no... Anytime after June 3rd, 1988? I have no recollection of seeing it in the movie theater. Oh, really? I may have, but I don't think I did. Uh, This was one that I would catch on cable. After the fact, and then my mother bought the the VHS tape. The VHS with the, with too much Tom Hanks head, giant it's big like, it's Tom weird, Hanks yeah. head. And that's big, like the movie. Yeah. But were you when it was coming out? Were you aware that it was out? Summer of '88 was kind of big. We had our Roger Rabbits and stuff like that. But did you know Big was a thing? I, I did know Big was a thing. I was aware of it. <clears throat> um, I think mm-hmm. I kind of wrote it off as one of those other 
uh, body switch movies, even though it's not you that. You wrote it off at 12? You were judgmental of a movie oh, at 12? so judgmental. I was, I was exhausted of body switch movies, including Switch. I don't know if I know Switch, but... Switch but the, is the Ellen Barkin... Uh, oh, Switch Jimmy the, uh, Smits is how, what Jimmy I know Smits. the title as. Yeah. yeah, that's what I know. So Big was coming at the tail end of these, maybe, then? These other ones had already... Did Dream a Little Dream of Me, did that one come out before? Um, this? The Corey Feldman, Corey Haim, Rock one, On is the song in it, I feel that like. That one I am, I am the least aware of. Because I guess that was, a, that was a trend. And again, Big is not... You're right. It gets lumped in with these comedies where it's like adults and kids switch places. Because in this movie, as we know, as people know, in Big, it's about a, a kid named Josh, Josh Baskin, I think like a 12-year-old or something, who wishes to be big and becomes in size, you know, Tom Hanks' size. But it's not like he's switching with a pre-existing adult and we don't have an adult becoming a kid. He just grows. He retains the kid's mind. So it's not... I guess it's, it's not a body switch movie, but it was kind of lumped in. So you, you were soured on this concept. What is it like at 12 to be soured by a concept? Because I don't think I, I could process things like that. I don't think I knew what a trend was or a repeat idea was. I don't, I do, how, how did you view that? I, I, just, I, I guess I just realized or felt like um, this is an idea I've already seen. It's something that I've already watched uh, it's been done before i i don't know that i made a big deal out of it i think it was just really easy to not think about it too much but it it didn't go away like the others the, it seemed to mm-hmm. catch on with the public and it was talked about more and discussed more and nominated uh for awards I think for Best Picture and Best Director, maybe Best Actor. And this was a best actor, yeah. big movie. I think so. I mean, this was, it was directed by Penny Marshall. Um, I think I, I feel like a lot of times we kind of forget that she was a big director. Yeah. And not just of big. She was also a league of their own. She was in a league of her own for directors. You know, she kind of was – she was one of the first big-time female directors to kind of get attention. In fact, big was the first – um, female-directed film to ever gross more than $100 million. It, it grossed $116 million in the U.S., uh, $36 million overseas. And that's, that is a big deal. Not, not something I would have processed back then. But it's odd. I don't, I don't hear Penny Marshall talked about as a director. I don't know if she's still directing, but that's a lot of impact for someone. She's coming out of Laverne and Shirley. She was this comedy actor, and she was making films. I, I mean, I think she did Awakenings, if I'm correct on that, that, that Robert De Niro, Robin Williams movie. Yeah, I think so. I don't. I mean, that's an accomplishment. I think a lot of thanks are owed to her, and I don't know. I don't know. Does she get respect? Do you hear people talking in awe of Penny Marshall or mentioning Penny Marshall? I do not. That is not a name that comes up um, in the discussions of film uh, careers. Um, Penny is not mentioned. And you know what? A League of Their Own is not And honestly, now these days, I don't think Big is really even – mentioned that often there might just be like the 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 piano scene might get put into a montage somewhere but the the film as a whole isn't really discussed that was a big deal that was that was a big piano that was yeah well that that kid was big that was a big little kid i I don't know i I, and maybe that's true i I do remember this being a a, a huge deal of a movie (laughs) i mean i saw it in the theater i saw it with my friend nate my best friend at the time so we were kids in 1988. We probably would have been, I don't know, 11 or 12. So I think we were probably about the same age as the ki- as the kids in the movie or around that age. So, um, I mean, I I don't know. I, I think that was important. I think going to see Big in the theater, that, that wasn't the typical kind of movie I think I would go to. It was just him and I. It was a summer. We went, I think his mm. mom dropped us off. Like, I would go see animated movies. I would go see adventure movies. You know, I, I, I would go right. see, you know, maybe I would see a comedy, a Chevy Chase comedy, sadly, would be the comedies we sit through. But I don't know. To go to this movie, and from what I remember, too, I remember enjoying this movie and somehow relating to this movie. I mean, I think this was one of the first dramedies, maybe, that I saw. You know, it's a comedy with a little bit more of a, uh, something something else to it. Maybe this is also what distinguishes it from, say, like Father Like Son or 18 Again, is that I, I, th- I think this is more of a, a serious film. I haven't seen it probably in 20, if not more so years. Because, yeah, I, I saw it a lot as a kid. I know I taped it off TV. I saw it a couple times. But I've, I haven't gone back to big. But I remember really, 
really liking it at the time. I mean, this was also, I think, the movie where I, I mean, I knew Tom Hanks from Bosom Buddies. I knew him from uh, Splash, and I really liked him in those things. He was this comedian to me, and I, I guess even as a kid, I'm like, oh, this is this is Tom Hanks, and what a good job he's doing. Not that he needs a 12-year-old telling him that, but like, th- there is something about this that felt, I don't know, felt, a, a, again, a little bigger than what I was used to. What was your experience? Like, why did you go see it on TV when you finally sat down and watched it? Um, I, you know, I, I honestly I have no recollection of, of what drew me to it at that time to finally watch it um but when i did it was it was like you're saying totally easy to relate to um the concept i mean i don't know if i latched onto it right away but clearly the the story is just about that transition from childhood to adulthood and how difficult that can be and subconsciously or consciously i'm not sure but i latched onto that um especially the the scene that always got me was when he spent his first night alone as an adult in the city um, and he cried. You know, here mm-hmm. it is, this this lighthearted kind of silly, funny movie, especially when he's, you know, suddenly realizing he's big. It's it's a lot of excitement. And <laughs> he his, was big. His, his friend trying to get him out of the city, all this stuff. And then finally you have this moment where this just sudden realization comes over him and you, the audience, that that he is alone and has no idea what to do. And he's terrified. And uh, it's easy for a 12-year-old to be like, oh, my God, that's going to be me soon. I'm, I have to do that eventually. I mean, maybe it's 10 years away. Maybe it's eight years away. But it's coming. And this is a cool movie to kind of you know, live through and experience it through Tom Hanks. You had that sensation at 12? You had that feel like you – grasp that you know this is this is a retro shock so maybe i'm i'm layering some of that um on in uh, in retrospect but but yeah i mean i think i did over those years maybe it was when i was 13 or 14 it sort of was hitting me but um yeah i i ended up once we had it on vhs i would watch big often that's a big realization to make i'm just (laughs) that's interesting to me like i saw it as it was funny it was the kid he worked at a toy store i I related to those things and yeah it's you the scene you mentioned i do remember that that is a scary scene when he's crying it's not the scene that came to mind with me scenes that come to mind with to me are of course this the famous piano scene where he's in a toy store because i'd never been to an fao schwartz that seemed immense and then there he gets a job at a toy store or at a toy company in the movie. So the scene that stuck out for me in the theater that I thought was hilarious was he pitches a transforming toy. Like he's there, he's sitting around the table, they're pitching their new toy. It's a transforming building. It looks ridiculous. And he calls it out in that. And he pitches this idea of trans, you know, transforming in- insects that are also robots, which existed. I, and even in the theater, I thought, well, those are insecticons. They already have them. Their name's Shrapnel, kick, uh, Kickback and Bombshell. But that is the scene that, I thought it was because in my mind, it's like, yeah, of course, he's a kid. He knows he's going to tell them what's what. I, that was an ideal job for me. I'm like, oh, how great that would be to be sitting in a toy company dictating their toys to be made. So that's the part. I saw that because to me, that was still – that was a kid out there. I mean, I don't think I got the whole being an adult versus being a kid or having to make that change. I think what I got is this is a smart kid out in the world. This is a story about a kid. He happens to look big, but it's Tom Hanks as a kid who just happens to be in a big body. So I didn't have this idea or this sense of the impending maturity, I guess, ahead of me. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested that that's what you had, because to me, this is a movie about a kid in a costume kind of a kid you know like those two kids on their shoulders with a trench coat who tried to get into black panther it's that kind of thing so i don't know i i'm and i'm curious to how it plays now because in thinking about this movie and i haven't much in the past 20 years and i haven't thought to go back but when we were thinking about doing it for the show and remembering what it's about i think this movie is probably because of that a very uncomfortable movie to watch uncomfortable because because it's a boy pretending to be I'm sorry you were probably going to explain yourself before I interrupted to have you explain yourself that big interruption no 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 that that that's fine I no I'm I'm thinking like I remember as a kid and I think it's Elizabeth Perkins there's a kind of a romance angle to this movie with this woman falling for Tom Hanks 
And I think as a kid, sure, that's fine because it's, you know, he's a kid, this, you know, this idea of this person's into him. So I get that. But now I think, and I haven't thought to go back, but that's a weird concept to me. There's a weird age thing going on there that's questionable. There's a weird trick being played on her that's questionable. Like, I, I don't know how far it goes. I don't remember the movie enough to know if she really falls in love with him. I know there's the whole, like, you can sleep over, but I'll get the top bunk joke and all of that. And it seemed cute and adorable, but to think about it now, it's just like this poor woman, but also this poor boy being thrust into this situation. And as a kid, I would never have thought that because I'm relating to this kid. And to me, again, it's just a kid in a big disguise. So everything he's going through, of course, he's matured at that for me. And again, going back to you thinking about how this is going to happen soon as a kid, I didn't have that. I've always thought, at least as a kid, I've always thought the age I was at was the most mature I'll ever be. Of course, I get stuff. So if that was me in that situation, you know, I'd be on top of my game, whatever. And if someone was into me, isn't that great? It's like a like a sitcom relationship romance. But now it's kind of like that kid doesn't know what's going on. That kid's getting played around. And that woman, how she would, I don't remember if she does find out that he's a little kid, but that's got to be gross. That's got to be a gross sensation to realize your crush. I mean, think about it. Think about it with, with how the world works now with like the internet and you're looking at pictures. And if you suddenly find out this is an underage picture of someone am I, that I'm using, you know, on, on my wall or that I'm using for some reason as, as a photo or for, you know, for w- many levels of what one can use stuff on the internet for. Like there's, there is this real discomfort there, this disconnected comfort now that, I don't know. She, what if she found out that this Tom Hanks was a 12-year-old? I mean, that's creepy, right? It, it is, if you think about it too much. I think it is very creepy. Um, well, has she, that ever gotten into your head before? Um, it, it never really did bug me too much. I mean, mm-hmm. um, yes, there's. I've, I've probably made offhand comments about it because it is – you know, a 12 year old kid or 14 year old kid. I can't remember how old he is in the movie. I mean, I um, never thought about it before till we started thinking about it now. Yeah. Um, no, I it popped in my head, but I, I, it never, the, the movie itself, I guess I just enjoyed it too much to let that little weirdness bother me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and w- when we were talking about it before, I think it was off uh, Mike the last time. Um, part of me was thinking, oh, maybe, you know, because I hadn't thought about it. And when we mentioned Big, I was like, oh, maybe that's a movie I could show my kids. I loved that when I was a kid. And then I thought about that situation. I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe we can wait a little bit. Uh, maybe they should be a little older for that. Uh, because but that why? is a, you weren't a tricky older situation. When you saw it. It's a tricky, but that's the thing. It's tricky to us. Well, but I was for older. A kid, that... I was at least a couple years older. Uh, okay. Than, but it's, than, it's than and again, the I, I'm. I, but I do wonder, it's like, it seems, and I, I haven't watched it again. I've never had the interest to go back, but it's kind of this question of who is this movie for? Because if you're a kid watching this movie, that's the thing. Would it be yeah. weird to your daughters? Because it's a kid. You're relating to the kid part. Yes. So I think, they would, with- I think they would take it uh, from the same aspect that you took it from. It's it's like this kid level thing. They might not get that part. Uh, it, they It's not explicit in the movie. Uh, that I don't they think have so. Sex I mean, it's a PG movie. I think. Yeah, no, I don't think they do have sex. But I'm just so. So I think to them, they might just see it as a, as a crush, as a as an uncomfortable, weird, strange crush, and and how exciting it might be for him, and therefore how exciting for them to to kind of live through it as they're as they're watching mm-hmm. the movie. Um, but I don't think the movie was made for kids. Uh, I do believe it. It is from a, an adult perspective. I think really? the jokes work. Yeah, I think the jokes work better. I think. Uh, yeah, because like the top bunk joke, I didn't get that initially. That that what was funny about that and what her expectation well, it's funny was that he doesn't to his. get what she's talking about. I yes, like and, and I don't think I don't think I as a kid initially fully understood it as well as I did as I got older and watched it. Um, so I think there are aspects of it that that because you're an adult looking back on that situation, I think I think it's made for an adult. I think the movie's made for an adult, and I think that's why it did better than those other movies, which I think were more geared towards kids. But I'm just wondering, how does an adult sit well with this? Like, your mom was a fan of this, you said. Your mom went out and got it. Yeah. And watching this movie, I mean, does she find Tom Hanks adorable? Does she relate to, just, to Elizabeth Perkins? Like, what is the... I guess at a point, like, I, I think what she is does. the drive I think of she this? finds... I think it's the Tom Hanks drive. I think it's finding him adorable. I think it's watching him react. I think he does a fantastic job in this movie, um, acting 
as a kid in the adult body and then also slowly transitioning to the more serious adult role t- towards the the back half of the of the movie um and i think that's really the draw i think that's what it was for my mom for sure hmm. um i don't think she allowed herself to linger on the the sex aspect that might have been involved there i don't, even there. Mean I don't sex. think I that the romance itself it's a, you know like so many <clears throat> romantic comedies and maybe this isn't a romantic comedy but there is a a, a romantic interest in the form of her and and mm-hmm. tom hanks so many of the movies i find that we watched when harry met sally does this a little bit um i think there's other films if i was to really go through all the john hughes movies the relationships they set up are always manipulatory in some way. Somebody is always being used. Somebody is always underdeveloped. Somebody is always being manipulated. And this movie is is it's it's there as well. I, and I just I I, I just, I'm curious. I think I think you're gonna find it, it's not. I I don't think that either one of them is consciously manipulating the other. I don't think that's happening. I think he gets caught up in this situation that he wasn't fully expecting and is trying to be the grown-up about mm. it because he's kind of stuck in that situation. He has to act like the grown-up so he can figure out how to get out of this thing, find find the Zoltar and, and turn everything What's around. What's he know about being an adult, though? How is he going to fi- – like, that's the thing. Like, Well, he, d- he doesn't know anything, and I think that's what the movie shows you, that he doesn't know ever- anything. He doesn't know when she's coming on to him. He doesn't know when they are – getting intimate what to even do. He turns the lights back on instead of leaving them off, for instance. And he is a 12-year-old boy. I mean, if I remember correctly, the scene where she's got her her top off, um, he is a 12-year-old boy, slow and cautious and curious, and she's confused by it. I don't think she feels manipulated. I don't think she's trying to manipulate but him. But imagine she if she found out. Imagine that this a- was her story. You're following her and she meets a man and they're getting along. And then two-thirds through her story, whatever this movie's called, you know, whatever the, the Elizabeth Perkins movie is, yeah. there's this the, – the, the man she's with goes, I have to tell you I'm a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> out of the blue. <laughs> you know, like – you know, I guess you could still call it big, you know, yeah. you know big – lawsuit or something because it's like that flip and i know she's not the central character and again i think we need to see this so we can talk about it just going and it's not a romance i don't think it's a no. romance either i think this is you just it's just one sex event that occurs the 12 year old for sex it's just it's just an event that occurs just like when he um starts his job that's another event i think this is just another event that occurs in the story well i mean then let's i mean yeah, I guess we should watch it then. I think going into watching it, I just – I'm really a little – really a little. I'm a little uncomfortable going into this because I just feel like – for two things. One, I think it's going to be difficult to balance out the the, the the age difference. And two, I just think when are we going to watch a romantic comedy that's not using somebody? I, I feel like this is going to be another fucking movie where somebody – is lied to or manipulated or, or or made to be something they're not just to satisfy. And maybe it's flipped. Maybe this time it's not the male, it's the female. I don't know. Let's watch it. Before we do, though, one thing we always forget to do, ultimately, your childhood memory oh, of good this job, film, man. good or bad. Uh, you mean a good memory or bad memory? It's a good memory. I, I really remember going to the theater with my friend Nate to see this. I really remember the trailers. We saw, I think, Arthur Two on the Rocks and some espionage movie with kids out running Russians that had Skippy Handelman in it from Family Ties. I, I just, I mean, I, oh, wow. and, and again, I think there was this thing about here I was without an adult watching this movie about a kid out in the world of adults. So I think that memory is great. And I remember thinking it's a funny movie. So yeah, a good memory. How about yourself? How about you? Yeah. Oh, def- definitely good memory. It was uh, one of the, the, the Canning family go-to features Friday nights. Um, that and Die Hard. So yeah, uh, <laughs> good good memory for sure. All right, let's go ruin this memory then by somehow finding <laughs> where we can watch for free. Big. We've watched Big. Is it a romantic comedy? Is that how you want to start this? That's how I want to start it because I, that's how we ended part part one. We were talking about whether it's a romantic comedy or not. So let's get that out of the way first. 
All right. Because if we're going to start with that, mm-hmm. then I'm going to drop any pretense of trying to talk about this movie. It is a disgusting fact that this is a romantic comedy. This movie is grotesque. I was all set to ease into it and talk about the kids and how it's a nice kids movie. But since you're asking me that, that's fucked up. <laughs> it's a fucked. It is. It's a romantic comedy. I disagree it's that it's a comedy. romantic comedy. I disagree. I don't think it's a romantic comedy. I do believe that that portion of the movie is hard to watch now. That portion but I don't of the think, movie is I the don't movie. Think, That's the no, story. No, it's line. not. No, it's not. The sto- that, that is a, a small portion near the end. The movie is about uh, growing up in a fantastical way, but it's really about growing up and rushing into life. But also about, and this is the part I like before they become slightly romantic, uh, or fully romantic, I guess. Uh, it's also about her learning to let go of adulthood a little and enjoy herself. And so it's like this cross between her learning to be a kid again in a way and him uh, learning what it's like to be an adult. And then they kind of split again. I think her story kind of gets lost, but then... Yes, it is hard to watch. Let's let's talk about that some more because it's fun to talk about things that are hard to watch. Oh, oh my god! No, I, first of all, I'm, I I really do. I am grossed out by this movie, and by I the really movie disagree or with by you. those moments. That's what the movie is. The movie, the movie posits. A f- here's here's everything wrong with that in just a couple of sentences. I'll say one: you're saying it's a movie about. You're saying it's a movie about uh, growing up. Did I hear you say that? What were mm-hmm. you? Yes. It's then why does he turn back into a kid? This is the thing. What is this movie about? Because to put aside the the, the romantic comedy thing, which we should get back to, because that is why I can't, I have trouble with this. It's a movie about a kid wanting to be bigger. He gets bigger. He goes out in the world and he starts to, he gets a job. He enters a very uncomfortable relationship, but he does the things that one does as they mature. He matures. It's hard to do, but he matures. And then he decides to go back to being a kid. So he eliminates the growth that he did. It's all for nothing. It's pointless. That's what I was like. I, that's why I couldn't get over. There's no, there's no lesson in this. We grow up under non-ideal circumstances. Like how he had to grow up because he had to live on his own because of this magical thing. That is what growing up is. Mm-hmm. We become mature in moments of panic, you know? We grow mature when we have to tragically accelerate into being mature. He does that and then all of a sudden just reverts back into a kid. He nulls and voids the movie because he didn't learn anything. He returns to being a kid where he's just going to mature again. As if nothing ever happened. Yeah, I, th- I think he does learn something though because he didn't, he didn't mature because this is just what's happening. This is what's supposed to happen. He matured because he thought that's what he wanted. He thought he wanted to be bigger, older, um, and that's that's also unclear at the beginning when he says, "I wish I was big." Perhaps he just wants to be a little taller, but. <laughs> You know, the devil decided, you know, Zoltar said, no, you know, you're going to be 35 or however old he was. You say devil. What, you think this was like a, a horrible deal? A, a, well, he meant, evil he calls, trick? He's, he describes it as, as a devil, this this devil looking face or a face that looks like oh, a devil. Oh, does he? Yeah, oh, at one I didn't point. hear that. So, so that's I why I, I too busy not being into this movie to hear that. <laughs> but so I think, I think the story is about um, wanting to be grown up when you're a kid getting that thrust upon you, struggling with that, figuring it out, and realizing, no, I, I want to be a kid. I want to experience that. I don't want to rush into adulthood. I'm, I'm happy being my size, my age. I, it was a mistake to want something else. And I think that's <laughs> so I think always that's wrong to want something else. Well, to, look, to, 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 to that specific something else. And, and we're jumping in. I mean, hopefully people know the plot of this, because I'm going to say something you just said that I, I, I like what you said, and then I totally disagree and, and <laughs> grossed out by something else you said. But the setup of this idea that, you know, you, not rushing into maturity, wanting to and then learning not to, the movie does start off in a beautiful way for that. Like, this movie starts off about being a kid, 
about being mm-hmm. two kids, Josh and his friend Billy. Like, I like the opening. Yeah. You know, I, I like them, them kind of just wandering around. They're horny. They're horny kids right off the bat. I mean, and I don't, that was something where I was like, they're 13. I'm like, I, and I'm stunted. I get it. I'm a late developer. I don't think I was horny at 13 like that. Were, were you? Um, I don't remember being that way. At that yeah, age, I mean, it no. seemed realistic, though. It it it, it seemed sure. that was something I didn't I didn't relate to to a point, but I get it. Like also, the the neighborhood they grew up in is not the neighborhood I grew up in, but I mm-hmm. get it. And like I do, and they're awkward kids, and they're going through the motions of being a kid. And you know, I liked that. I liked the scene they go to the carnival, and he doesn't want to go on the ride with his parents. He wants to go by yeah. himself. Like all of that stuff, I really liked, and I love his friend Billy. Yeah. That kid is so good in this. <laughs> he is. He's great delivery. He's funny. He's a good friend. Like so, I like that interaction. So, if the movie had been about I want to be big, and so he gets the job at the toy store, because I like that too. And as a kid, when I saw this movie, and I was probably fourteen, I might have been thirteen when I saw this. Might have been the same age as these kids. Mm-hmm. I was so thrilled with the to- like. He gets a job at a toy store. That seemed awesome to me. You know, he's got G.I. Joe Devilfish toys to play with and an attorney a play set and a Brave Star post. Like, he's got all these toys there. Like, all that stuff was cool. And this whole thing where he's in a meeting saying, like, this building transformer is dumb. You should have, and he basically describes Insecticons and Dinobots, but he describes them in the movie world where they don't exist. Like, all of that stuff. That's a great story. Follow him in that career. Follow mm-hmm. him in that and follow, and it's in there. Follow the tear of his friendship with this kid who didn't follow him, Billy, and have that be the storyline. And that's then that's the story where he goes back to Billy because he wants to be a friend. It's still a weird lesson. It's a, I don't quite get now this whole idea of turning your back on maturity when it's something I struggle with achieving. But for this movie, that would be fine. And I think that is, the, the, when you describe the lesson to me, that would be great. Mm-hmm. But Billy is... Second tier character. The main characters in this are Josh and Elizabeth Perkins. Not Elizabeth Perkins, is it? Who's the yeah. actress in this? Yeah, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Perkins' is character. What's her character's name? I have her. Oh, uh, shit. I didn't write it Susan. down. Susan. Josh yes, and you're Susan. Right. They're the main characters. Mm-hmm. They're the ingenues. They're the romantic leads in this film. And that's the storyline. Yeah, you're asking, if, is this a romantic comedy? I'm going to ask you, is this a date movie? Who is this movie for? Because as a child, as a 13-year-old child, I get liking this movie. As a kid, yeah. I would always think of myself as being older. So I get it. The kids go into the world trying to fit and be older. I thought I could do that. Fine. Kids could love this movie. But you're saying, like, you're, 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 you had this on, your mom had this on VHS. I remember people loving this movie. It's, it's set up like a date movie. That's, that is fucked up. See, I don't see it as a date movie. I see it. I see it as a they as have a comedy a cute, they're for flirting. adults. I don't how see is this it as, for adults? How I, is I, an adult? How did you sit through this movie? Th- this past viewing, yes. Um, it, well, it's a little I, different because I've I've seen it so many times. So it was a it was a nice reminiscent, uh, you know, uh, a little, you know, to to just be reminded of of the film, <clears> which I haven't watched in a, in a long time, but. Um, mm. That's how I sat through it, and I, I laughed at the comedy bits. I cried now as a parent uh, at Mercedes Rule as the mom. Oh my god! Yeah, explain that storyline just so the listeners have because I forgot about this. Yeah, yeah. Movie. So, so um, after he wakes up and and discovers he's big, he rushes off to try and find the machine and make the wish again or whatever, and it, it's not there. So he just goes back home like any kid would. And he goes back home and he goes inside the house and he tries to explain to his mother that it's him and she's not hearing it. She's freaked out. She thinks some man is talking about her son. She thinks he's been kidnapped. He takes off because she pulls out a knife to protect herself from this strange man who's now in her house. And so the storyline for her becomes that her son has been taken, kidnapped, basically. That's and she's now up. dealing with that. It That's really is. fucked up. She finds a man in her house. She tells him background. to take what he wants because she's threatened. Yeah. I think she thinks she's going to be physically attacked. He starts saying he knows all the stuff about her son, which makes her think, you kidnapped my son. Then she threatens him with a knife and he runs out. Yeah. And that's not the end of her story. We, she spends the whole movie wondering where he is. Yeah, she comes back a few times. To the point that when he's... 
once he gets his job, once he's, you know, Tom Hanks is working, he calls her. Mm-hmm. He calls her and she has the kidnapper. Him as the kidnapper <laughs> and relates things saying, I oh, can't let your kid go yet, but here's what he's telling me, which in my mind created this horrible scene. I'm saying like, what's this? What? You know, asking him little things. He writes a letter to his mom mm-hmm. claiming to enjoy being kidnapped. He's it's, becoming it's like Tanya from the, it's, it's like the Manson family. He's, it, it sounds like he's getting brainwashed by his captors. And it was really unsettling. And it's yeah. supposed to be endearing. It's supposed to be like a mother will do anything for his kid and he misses his mom. But it's, it's, that's fucked up in yeah. this movie. And then after the first time he runs out to his mom, he goes to find Billy in school. He's an adult who gets into school different times. Fine. He corners Billy in the locker room or wherever. And Billy starts to cry. Yeah. Because this man... The stranger has cornered him, and he's terrified. That was, the, and I know there's the magic of the movie. And and what's weird is, as a kid, I found both of those scenes very funny. I remember <laughs> laughing at his mom threatening him with a knife and him having to run out. I found that funny. Sure. And then the scene of him convincing Billy, "No, it's me." I'm like, "Oh yeah, of course it's him." But I I was squirming, and I feel like I don't. I, I'm I'm being a little prudish about this, but I I, I don't normally squirm like this. It was unsettling. Yeah. And everyone's a good actor. That's fine. Everyone's doing good performance. But I'm just like, why? How is this your story? Like, I get it. You got to somehow transition into the kid knowing. And you got to deal with the fact that he's missing. Right. But just Mercedes Rule is such... That's her name, right? Mercedes Rule, the yes. mother. Is such a strong, powerful performer that those scenes are just drama. You know, it's right. not like she's not like the funny karate kid mom. She's not like, you know, she's she's like she is in the Fisher King, a believable, hard yeah. hardened character, and, and I that's told, torturous. I know, and I told my wife this as we because she ended up watching it with me, because um, I, I was trying to. We were talking about how you thought it was a romantic comedy before we started watching it again. Uh, Did you I thought not it was, think it was before we I, watched I it? Still, I still don't think it's a romantic comedy. Yes, it has some romantic undertones uh, near the end. Uh, but I don't see it as a whole as a romantic comedy, and I see it now more as a dramedy than I ever saw it before. Like before, I just thought it was a, a comedy, and now I yeah. see it's it's more as a, a coming of age dramedy type of thing—a coming of age and then coming not of age, I guess. But that that doesn't make sense as a lesson to put aside the the stuff that it will eventually get to about this romantic angle. Coming of age and then not coming of age, which is what this movie does. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a Simpsons episode. You're just resetting him. He's just a kid again. The experiences he went through have no meaning if he goes right back to point the begin the starting point. Well, see, I don't think we he could... gets there the same way he started. He got it through a magical machine made him big. A magical machine made him a child again. He's right back where he started. That's not a hero's journey. That's a cylindrical journey that gets you and just restarts it. And in a way that maybe you had to. Yeah. But it's just like and but what and again, it's a fantasy movie. I'm I'm being a little hard on it with these next couple of sentences. I already know, but it's like he was missing. Cops are going to ask him questions. It's an investigation of where were you? Who was the guy who took you? This toy company is going to wonder where their star salesman or developer or whatever went. She's the last person they saw with him. She's going to be asked questions about what happened to that guy, Josh, whose name matches the missing child that people would have heard about. All of those things. And we don't have to think about it because it's a fantasy movie. But I want you to write that. I want to know. You should make a short film about the aftermath of Big. (laughs) Not so big. But I just, I mean, all those things. And again, I I didn't think of that as a kid. I didn't think of that ever. Until you brought it all I mean, up. And again, it's, it's, that's an unfair, like, to, you know, you're going to like, if you can accept the conceit of the movie, you can like the movie. Right. If you can accept that, because I liked, again, I like the magical Zoltar device. I like the simple thing of, it's not plugged in, but it's doing this like that. Yeah. That's your mystical moment. That's fine. And the plot, I forgot that part of the plot is they're trying to hunt down another one. So, like, that setup is fine. It gives the movie a time frame. Mm -hmm. It gives us a way to check back in on the story. All of those elements are fine. And if he then came back at the end, you know, like, that as a story, it's fine. And and so I'm, I'm looking 
to get something out of it. And because I didn't get what I thought I was going to get out of it now, I, you know, I thought it was going to be a fun comedy. I was weirded out going and just thinking a little bit, how is this romantic or whatever? But because that was so distracting, I'm trying to latch my brain onto, well, what was it at least saying? What was the, the heart of mm-hmm. it? And I know you've said it twice, but I, I, this movie isn't actually saying anything. <laughs> I think it There's no lesson for John. I think there I think there is and I think you have I think it's implied at the end and I think it's for him and it's for her. Um y- you say he just goes back to square one but he doesn't. He still has these experiences. And we don't But he's a kid. He's, what is he going to do kid. with these experiences? He's a kid, but he's a kid that before was very much a kid. Couldn't talk to girls at the beginning. Like, a girl says hi to him, he just has a goofy smile. I feel like, no, we're not seeing it, and maybe that's what we're missing to kind of loop it all together, but I get, or I feel it's implied that now he's got some maturity to him, and in that same situation, he'll be different. In the same situation. I, I It's hard to tell because it's at their back when they're talking, but he, I think he's supporting his his buddy who uh, is going to try out for the baseball team. And he's talking to him and giving him some support. And it's like, you can do it. And that's a lesson he learned from Susan, who was giving him support as an adult when he was nervous about uh, his his presentation. Uh, at, you know, when he was really like full-grown man doing a presentation uh, at, at the thing. So I think there's that implication. And I think for her, too, she started out the movie, we didn't see her before this, but it's it's kind of referred to that she was kind of a gold digger. She slept around with men to get uh, a higher position at the, at the job. And she's changed having met him. So, again, yeah, you don't... Banging a 13-year-old really changes your outlook it, on it life. It probably will. But, <laughs> I, you know, that's what I see at the end. And I'm, I'm sort of skipping over <clears throat> that, that part where they bang. Um, that's the, but that's the bulk of the film. It's not the bulk thi- of the film. That is one if, part that's near the, less, the end. That's a big part of it's it. Not the, that relationship. Like it's the, a romantic comedy. It's not. There is like I don't it, know what, maybe fifteen to twenty minutes tops. No, out here, of the here's how it movie. works. First of all, you're describing things that would have made this movie great. Make the movie about Josh and Billy. That would have been great. I feel like at the end, if anyone learned something, Billy learned to try out for basketball. I don't know how, but that's a step. Good for Billy. I wish this movie was more about Josh and Billy. Have him work with someone, fine. Have him work with a woman, fine. Have her be encouraging, fine. You're giving us a person who... Yes, uses people with sex. The, uh, the character of Susan is, you're saying a gold digger. I, I get the feeling, and I'm not sure where I'm pulling this from, but yeah, she kind of just, like, because that's how she hooks up with Josh. And by hookups, I mean meets him at the party. Initially, She's trying yes, to find that, someone that to was talk. Her, that was her intent. She's doing that. That's her intent. That's what she's out for. Right. And But d- that didn't happen. That first night. Um, it that first Doesn't night, he, it, mm. he, it was totally over his head. That wasn't something he saw. And so he was just hanging out with his new friend, showing him the cool trampoline and the bunk beds and the, the soda machine that you don't have to put quarters in. And they don't sleep together that night. They sleep in different beds. He gives her a toy at the end because he doesn't want her to get lost. And that's on the nose. Like, she's completely lost. Her life is, you know, not going in the she's direction. She's desperately looking for affection Anywhere she looks at it from Robert Lucia. Yes. she looks at it from that douchebag because she's lost, and and this proves her right. <laughs> Men hurt her. She's one of the most. He didn't take advantage. Tragically of her. awful. No, I, he lied to her. He didn't tell her he was a thirteen-year-old. He, he did eventually. And he realizes this when he finally. Yeah. Yes, he had to tell her because he <laughs> kept it a secret. Right. So what? And and do you know how hurt she looks? Oh yeah. When this happens, oh, yeah. when she finds out someone else has lied to her. And can you imagine how filthy that must feel if you're able to grasp that? Oh, and you're, you're what? You're 13. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's, that's your metaphor. That's the metaphor in this. And if she's growing, her growth has to do with relationships, relationships that are romantic because she's finding romance or something with Josh that she doesn't from the other one. So if she's part of the story here, that's in there. I mean, let me ask you this to, before we get back to it. Reverse the gender 
of the characters and play this movie out in your mind. Does it play okay? I don't know. I haven't seen 13 going on 30 with Jennifer Garner. That's actually, that's, that's, that's what Allison says. <laughs> I haven't seen it either. I don't want to see it. But I'm just saying, like, in this movie, if it was a guy yeah. who used women, and then it was this 13-year-old girl who then turned into, you know, a 30-year-old woman, and he went back to her place, and he was coming on to her, and she didn't get it, and she's being all cutesy, and they got on a trampoline jumping, which, by the way, makes him seem very fetishy, which would be fine, <laughs> except that he's 13, and I don't want to see a 13-year-old act out that fetish. But if you, re- like, if you flipped it with that, reverse the genders... It plays like a sex crime. Sure. So, and that's there. But this movie is asking us to find it endearing that she's finding. That's the other thing. Like, she's finding the child in her. That's, that's, that's a dumb, non-real trope. We don't find the children inside of us. She's well, a successful business, like, adult. She wants to find a connection. And here's the thing. She doesn't find a connection with Josh. Yeah. Because really, what does a 38-year-old or whatever she is and a 13-year-old have in common? Nothing. Nothing. They have nothing in common. So it's a physical relationship. And she's so tortured at the end. But at the same time, it's gross. <laughs> because when, at the end, when they have their, their meaningful discussion... You know, when she, and again, she accepts that he's actually a kid. I don't quite get how that happens, sure. but she does. Well, it's a movie. And it is a movie. So, and one of the worst parts of this movie, <laughs> right before he turns back into his, into a kid um, in front of her, which is uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. <laughs> she says to him when she finds out his age, <laughs> maybe you should hold on to my number. Yeah. She says to him, to the 13-year-old that she accepts as 13, as a 30-something, maybe you should hold on to my number. That's dirty teacher-in-court mentality. That's a crime. Because she knows he's 13 at that point. Yeah. And she, if, we, if we're still supposed to like her, she's holding on to either a desperate fallacy at someone's expense, or she's toying with his head. You know, right. she's telling someone in his teens to hold on to her, her, her number, someone who's not mature enough to take that as meaning anything other than I'm interested in you, you know? So I just that, that's supposed to be a meaningful moment. Do you know what the, the ending of this movie originally was? Do you know how it originally ended? Uh, no. How did it originally end? At the, one of the last shots in the script was she went to the Zoltar booth and she wished to become a kid. Sure. So at the end, her as a child shows up at Josh's house. Okay. That's even more fucked up. That's a little weird. Because when Josh became big, he's a 13-year-old in a big person's body. When she becomes small, she's a 30-something-year-old in a small kid's body. It's a weird metaphor yeah. going backwards. They didn't know what to do with this character. And I don't know if this movie would be made now within the world. I don't know if how it would be changed but i just because i i might i'm going a little extreme with it maybe i was squirming while watching it but just because i feel like there's a lost opportunity in this movie and i think this movie is i feel like this movie is remembered as a very endearing romantic comedy everyone loved fell in love with tom hanks in this isn't it so great that he's showing this girl that's the things like he's showing this woman how to regain herself that's bullshit and manipulative and i think you know that i know it's a movie trope but she's not allowed to be herself. She's not allowed to be her age or the person she wants to. She has to do all these kid tricks, kid games, yeah. flash and whatever that don't ultimately mean anything because Josh is lying to her. He's not the guy that she thought he was. And he doesn't learn anything because he goes right back to being a kid. I agree with the first part of that. I think you can argue the second part. Yes, he goes back to being the same age, the same size, but I think it's implied that he's learned some things. Uh, but yeah, we're not given that. We're not given we're not, what he learned. We're not. It's. I feel like it's we're filling that important. in now because we don't want to. We want to be able to sleep, you know, comfortably and be with ourselves because <laughs> otherwise it's weird. It is like well, you were asking I, me at the. Be- uh, well, I, I was asking you at the beginning if what I thought if, it was a romantic comedy. If it's, if it's a romantic comedy and you and it's not for you. Right. It's is it a kids movie? Is no, it No, I don't think it's a kids movie. movie. Who is it for? I, I, I don't see it as a kids movie. I I considered pri- you know, we were talking about this before and I considered, oh, maybe my girls could watch this pretty soon. Uh but no, I don't think it's a kids movie. 
uh, anymore as as I'm watching it as a as an adult. Um, I think it's a dramedy. See, I loved it as a kid. Yeah, and I, that's the thing too. I think they would like it, and all the other things that we've been talking about here would go over their head. Um, they would that's find the thing, yes. they would find the beginning stuff funny. They would find him playing around at a toy store amazing. Um, that would just that that'd be what they would come away with it from with. Um, they might even turn it off midway, like I think I did a couple times. Um, but I wanted to, but to watch it for this fucking podcast. I, I this is one of the worst movies we've ever watched. Worse than Die Hard Two. Yeah, like it's a I think bad so. movie, or it's a bad choice within this movie. Well, because that's I, like it. maybe that's interesting. I Die Hard Two knows what it is. It knows it's a bad action movie. This movie actually doesn't know what it is. Yeah, and you know, or I don't know, you know what, what it is. What struck me about this movie, which um, kind of plays into this idea that it doesn't know what it is, uh, this is more of a artistic choice type of thing. I found the transitions to be really uh, off-putting. Um, they would go from Wait, what do you mean? Uh, like, like a, usually a transition in a movie, you just you don't even notice it. It goes from scene to scene. Uh, place to place. In this movie, I felt like scenes ended weirdly abruptly and cut to something completely <laughs> unrelated in sort of a, a quick uh, crossfade almost every time. Huh. Um, like suddenly. Do you think that's of the era or do you it, think that's. No, that's what I was trying to figure movie. out. I was like, is this just the style? Um, but part of me thinks that, and like you're saying, there was obviously, and, and this is the case with most movies, but there are obviously other ideas in the screenplay. And part of me thinks that maybe. As they were cutting it together, it was just, okay, well, let's just stick this here and stick this here. Um, and it didn't mm-hmm. flow the way it maybe had originally intended to. Um, and I, I forget why I bring that point up. I guess because the movie doesn't, like, like I get what you're saying about it doesn't know what it wants to be. It's a comedy. It's a fantasy film, a science fiction-y fantasy film. Um, oh, you know what? Talking about learning lessons, I always thought... <laughs> When I first saw the movie, it opens with him uh, playing the little video game. And you're mm-hmm. in the ice cave. And it says, how do you want to, what do you want to do? Or what do you want to do the wizard? And you want to melt the wizard. How do you want to melt the wizard? And he has to do like throw a thermal pot or something at the beginning. But he can't do it because he's a kid yeah. and he's got to take out the trash. He finds the game <laughs> later in the movie. And he I pops it in. can't do it. And I thought right here, and even as a kid, not knowing much about filmmaking, even as a kid, I was like, oh, here's where we learn the theme of the movie. Well, how do you want to <laughs> melt the wizard? And I didn't, you know, as a kid, I thought he would type love or he would type, you know, who knows what. <laughs> but whatever he learned is what he should have answered. And he finally got to type throughout Thermal Pod, which isn't really something I tell my kids a lot so it's like yeah the movie's kind of all over the place with what it's trying to do and i kind of think now yeah. that we've talked about it and talking about of of the time and of the era i feel like i, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody had this cool coming of age story and somebody in a room said well but you got to have a romance there's got to be a romantic situation And it's almost Mm -hmm. like maybe they threw it in there because that's what you need. You have your When Harry Met Sally's. You have your, I don't know what else from that time period, uh, romantic movies. Everybody's going on dates. You got to get a, uh, there's got to be some sort of relationship in there. Because you don't need it. But you know, like I know, the screenplay isn't the movie. The movie is what we see. Mm -hmm. Screenplay is part of that. So yes, what you said is true. Someone did make that suggestion and it happened. And that's what we're given, and it's just... No, but I'm wondering if, if the screenplay, if the person... I don't know who wrote it. I This Oscar-nominated screenplay? This- By the way, Big was nominated for Best Screenplay, wow. Best Actor, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Bad Touch. <laughs> um, but maybe that wasn't it even... cleaned up at the Injunction Awards. <laughs> I'm just curious if it was even a major part of the original... You know, first draft, second draft. Yeah, I don't know. And I would be curious because, again, there's a story in here. I mean, there is a story that we see. But I think what you're saying, like, there are 
Josh and Billy's relationship as friends is fascinating and, as a kid, was what I was most interested in. The scene where Billy tells Josh off has always stuck in my head, partly because it's very odd in a PG, PG-rated movie, and especially this one, to have your 13-year-old actor say fuck, yeah. which he does. I think he calls him a fucking idiot or something. And that's a powerful moment. Their interactions are real. And yes, as Tom Hanks as a kid, they're pretty real as well. Tom Hanks does do a great job playing a kid. And he does what he has to do in the movie. He does come across as really unsettling. Hmm. He seems unsettling as the guy trying to convince Billy he's Josh. He seems brainwashed and not connected in, in when he's writing the letter to his mom. But he does a good job. And he has good scenes, all the scenes that kind of play off of what, because there is something about, maybe it's not, you know, if the lesson was like holding on to aspects of your childhood, like what we do on this fucking show, we hold on to things from childhood to get an understanding of the world. And this idea that a kid, I mean, it's almost, it's too predictable, but a kid saves the toy store, you know, or the, the toy company. A kid knows how kids think. That's a f- great, you know, like the, I, you know, who's in this movie who I love and he peters out is Robert Loge's character, yeah. that predictable character. He plays the owner of the toys, toy company. I love him in this movie. Yeah. And their scene together at FAO Schwartz, that, the classic scene on the piano, that's a great scene. They're walking and, and Tom Hanks, as a child, is telling him what he likes about these toys, what the problems with these toys are. And it's a kid saying it, a kid being asked about his favorite toys, being able to talk about it. And Robert Loja, as this caring but still business-minded CEO, is taking in what the kid's saying and is preparing you know, the, the, the fall line or whatever and is running his business based off of what he's hearing without knowing he's a kid. That's a great, that makes sense. That's a nice screenwriting 101 scene or put together that works in the context of this movie. And you get the very endearing, like I, I do love that giant piano scene, yeah. that classic piano scene. That's endearing. I also like how they ADR in all of Robert Loge's grunts, <laughs> <laughs> but like that stuff works and it still works and it's great. And I think what you're saying, it does feel like that. They threw in a romantic subplot but that romantic subplot is major to the film. Yeah. And yes, I think that's what people remember. I think people, th- this is the movie that people fell in love with Tom Hanks in. Is that right? Uh, no, that was Bachelor Party. <laughs> okay, all similar themes. <laughs> yeah. It's all about holding on to your youth. I don't know. And holding and on to Right, which is, that's the thing, this movie, and it does explore it. I'm not giving aspects of this movie their due. In the sense that there are some there are some great things going on, but it stumbles or it distracts me or it, it, it something doesn't tie together, and part of it is just I can't get past the relationship, and we don't have to keep sure. talking about that because now I'm getting on a soapbox, blah blah blah, yeah. and I'm not trying to not talk about it. like people get the point of how I feel about it, and people get the point that you're mature and you don't feel the same way that I do about it, and that's fine, <laughs> but. So to, to to try and push that aside, although it's leaving really gross scuff marks on my sure. mind as I push it to the side, this movie doesn't get itself at the yeah. end. I I, it's I can just agree with magical that. At the I end. can agree with that. Yeah, it just uses magic to to find a conclusion. Which is why I think it's a kid's movie. Because again, as a kid, I loved this because it was like experiencing what it would be like in the perfect situation to fool people. I would love to have fooled people at a toy store again. I This time around too, and I remember this in watching the movie, every time a real toy appeared, I, I lost my shit. <laughs> like there's the evil Stridor horse from the He-Mans, and there's the rotating figure from He-Man, and there's a Brave Star poster like I was saying before, and he's got mask under ruse, and here's the G.I. Joe jet. Tim, I kid, like, you, seeing all I that kid stuff you not. I kid you not. I'm on the couch with my wife, and they're in the uh, FAO Schwartz toy store. I hit her on the shoulder and I point and I say, there's Fireball Island. Right? Isn't that That, awesome? Like, that stuff's cool. That's the best. (laughs) That was awesome. That stokes you. Um, And that, in the movie, as a kid, the reason I stuttered there is I was trying to remember fire, what's the, I was trying to make a joke about fire something island and I can't think of what it's (laughs) called now. Oh, man. Fading memory really kills (laughs) dumb jokes. But, 
so as a kid, I loved that. And I love this idea because as a kid, yeah, you want to be on your own. And like you had mentioned in the first half, that scene, the first night he's alone and he's crying on his bed and all that stuff. Like, yeah, that I get those feelings, those. And as a kid, I think I related to that. There's plenty in this movie for a kid to relate to you as an adult, you as the 43 year old who watched this, you know, with, with, with your partner on the couch, what do you relate to in this movie? Um, Who do you relate to in this movie? That's a, how do you? Yeah, relate no, to you that? know, it's tough. I mean, again, it's hard to bring myself out of the fact that this was just a movie I grew up with, and the scenes I just know them. I I know what's going to be said and how it's going to reflect. Um, I, I, but I think more than ever this time, it was his mom that I just kept. Oh. Coming back to, which is not the point of the movie, but in this viewing, that's what stood out most. But again, you're right. That's not the point of this movie. No. This movie is very unfair to that storyline. <laughs> and it doesn't necessarily, I mean, it needs to be there in the real world, like all the questions I was asking. But if we don't have to answer those other questions, you could have found a way around this. <laughs> you didn't have to have him staying in touch with right. her. You didn't have to have her torturing yeah. her. And to go back to how you're starting the sentence, not knowing, you know, who you relate to, that's not a bad thing. Because for me, it's nobody. I don't relate yeah. to anybody in this movie. And I think and it's easy for me, I want to say we, but me, to forget sometimes because, you know, one, the nature of this podcast that we do. I, I think I said that exact sentence a moment ago, but it's true. We're, we're doing a show about talking about things from childhood, but also the things of childhood I hold on to. It's an important lesson for me to remember that, no, this stuff wasn't made for me now. Mm. The stuff I liked as a child, not all of it's going to carry over. And a lot of it wasn't made even with the idea of duration and time, like Transformer cartoon episodes weren't written in the 80s with the idea that, and when he's older, he'll come back to this. They were written for 10-year-olds. And my attachment to those is nostalgia. I don't have nostalgia for this film. <clears throat> I have a little nostalgia for the experience of going to the film, but I don't have, you know, I don't care for about this film that much that I don't feel like I have to still hold on to it. Mm. So in watching it, as an adult, this doesn't appeal to me at all as an adult because of some of the situations. Not really because of the story flaws, because it's magic, whatever, but it just doesn't. Yeah. And that's fine. I'm just, maybe it's my memory is wrong. I mean, I get it. I liked it as a kid, and I get why I liked it as a kid. But I remember adults loving this movie, and it got a lot of Oscar buzz. Kids' movies don't get Oscar attention because the Oscar voters are all old, cranky right elderly folks and Angelina Jolie's kids. But people love this movie and I just, that bothers me because I'm like, why? This seems like the movie you bring your kid to. I know you're saying you don't want to show it to your daughters, but I'm just like, I would have, I might have felt a little more comfortable if it was like I was, you know, hanging out with my nephew and my sister, you know, his mom was like, hey, let's watch Big and all the kids and the adults watched Big together. Really? That would have been and more it was comfortable? a kid movie. I'm, because it's a kid's version of the world and view of I the see. world. Okay. Yes, I think that would have been. Watching this as an adult with nothing invested and trying to follow it and having something to talk about, yeah, there was nothing in this movie for oh. me. Because it wasn't for me. I mean, the, uh, um, Caillou, or whatever that show is, or plenty of these, you know, Daniel Tiger's <laughs> Fun town, or you know, these kid shows—they're not made for me. But I can sit in a chair with a kid who's watching it, you know, and, and experience dinosaur training sure. or something. I'm not connected. If it's Sesame Street or the Muppets, I have a nostalgia for it. But I can sit there with a kid and get enough out of you know, Jack and the Pirates or whatever because the kid likes it. Sit there on my own. I'm either going to make fun of it, which I can do, or I'm just going to be like, "Fuck! <laughs> why am I watching? Why am I watching the alphabet? I know it." With this movie, it's not the alphabet, but it's just like it was uncomfortable to watch because it was uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't get it, and I don't get an adult li- liking this to the point where it's romantic, and I think a lot of people did. And I guess I don't have the names. <laughs> I'm holding a list of names. No, I don't. I don't have I'm a gonna, list of names. I'm going to so see if I can I'm get my mom to tell me why she uh, raced out to buy this on VHS. 
Sure, see what we can right? find out. That'll that'll you be know, how we open next week. But even between you and I, I guess. I mean, like you and I talking about this, there are enough differences between us that maybe makes this more palpable, 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 sure. palpatine, palpable to you than to me because you're a parent. You said you already just said you related to the mom, so there's something different in it. I just, I've never had this experience before where something from my childhood grosses me out. You know, like the Princess Leia, Luke Skywalker kissing Empire Strikes Back doesn't gross me out. Weirds me out a little, but I've gotten past it because I love that and whatever. You know, that they're brother and sister, by the way. Not oh, to spoil that, but that's why that's weird. Effing but, spoiler. Um, sorry. Sorry to bring a segment back from 2017. <laughs> but, but this, yeah, this experience was uncomfortable. And well, just let, th- let's... Oh, and just what? And just uncomfortable. Yeah, I was going to say... it was uncomfortable. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Let's let's close it out then with me just (laughs) adding a little bit more to your uncomfortableness. Oh, Um, right. He has a birthday in the middle of the movie. Mm -hmm. So for most of the movie, and even when he begins to be flirty with with Susan, he's actually 12. (sighs) Oh, my God. (sighs) And that's it. Yeah. That's big. That's uh, that's ruining your childhood. That's ruining your big childhood. Conversation. Big conversation. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I understand if you don't want to, but if you do want to catch up with the show again in the future, uh, 20th Century Popcast, a couple of mature adults, speaking of children's shows, um, has a website, 2020popcast.com. You can go there and find the most recent episode, always streaming on the main page, as well as links to all of our past episodes. So you can listen to those back when we were a year earlier than we are now. Um, you can find links on those pages to what? To like our uh, our, our show on our, our Facebook page, to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Subcultist. Bob, you're at R.H. Canning. So that's, you know, that's for Twitter. If you if you want to tweet your disgust to us, you can do it there. <laughs> um, if you do like the show after this, if you think you want to hear another show after this, um, on, on the website, you'll find links to subscribe to it. You can subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Google Play, on various Android devices. That way you'll always get a new episode when they go up on Thursday. Also, if you do happen to listen to this show on Apple Podcasts, um, it's very easy to, uh, th- on, on Apple podcast to, to leave a little review to leave a star rating um tell us a little bit of what you think it's good for our egos but also helps the show get a little more noticed as we try to find topics that um, are a little more comforting uh to talk about bob what, yeah. why, why don't you speak for a little bit i gotta put some listerine all over my body <laughs> sure um i i definitely want to hear from from anyone that's listening so yes uh post a review but also uh find us on facebook leave a comment uh tweet to us let us know which uh, childhood uh, love of your past that you want us to ruin for you next. Um, so that would be great. And I think uh, like if, the Littles I might watch that cartoon. The that Littles. That might be good. That might be Let's good. Is that the that's... one with uh, with uh, uh, the dad from uh, Happy Days? What's his name? Tom Bosley. No, that's that's yeah. Thomas the Gnome or Norm the Gnome. Oh, okay, the Gnome. Uh, this is the one with Gordon Jump, uh, the station manager from WKRP. But in this show, he runs a bike shop. And Arnold and Dudley are his two favorite uh, customers. And that's the Littles. That's the Littles. Okay. Uh, we'll be back a little next week. Bob, <sighs> uh, any catchphrase will do. Any age-appropriate catchphrase will do. I want to be big. <laughs> <laughs>